Um, what do you want to hear? Why is your face all serious when you're playing the I guitar? Can't, because I have to think. <laughs> you're all like, look like you're taking a shit. <laughs> now you gotta sing. Now Chunking Express and Taxi Driver. Hey. There you go. You ready? <laughs> Chunking Express and Taxi Driver. These are the films we have reviewed. The films. The films. All right, maybe we don't do jiggles. I don't think we should. Maybe we could have it as a little segment. Maybe that's what I like. <laughs> yeah, you could have guitar segment. Taxi driver. <laughs> <laughs> no, the problem is these jingles get stuck in my head. I know. And even if they're bad, I'm like. I reckon we should just do it again properly. My girlfriend will hate it though. Oh, she's not here. She's just jealous. That neither of us can sing. Yeah. And I can't. I can't play guitar. Yeah. She wishes she couldn't sing like us. Yeah. Because, as we know, scientifically, it's been proven that those that can't sing have a much fun time singing than those that... Fun time singing. Much fun time. I've been at home for too long. Okay. Um, but yeah, they have a better time singing and they enjoy it more than those that can sing. Because those that can sing know that they're making mistakes and they're aware of that. Whereas people like us, we don't know. It sounds great. <laughs> We're just like, this is awesome. <laughs> right. Okay. So, go on. Hello, my name's Cameron. And I'm Shanara. And welcome back to the Homework Club. It's the Homework Club. We're watching some movies and having some fun. Shanara is grumpy and Cameron is cool. This kind of homework you won't do at school. It's the Homework Club. How are you? I'm okay. <laughs> Have you? Did you work today? No. You just chill at home today? No, I had... Are you in home mode? I had things to do today, but I honestly can't... No, I woke up at nine o'clock, right? Because I live the rock and roll lifestyle, right? Then the gas man came to oh the gas jack- jacks and I opened the door. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> yeah. I opened the door without my glasses and I cannot tell you, I am so fucking blind. Like everything really? was just weird. Like, But I'm like, not even just like actually blurry blind. It's like my like- sight's like kind of concaved. Like, so everything is like I'm looking through like a fishbowl. Like tunnel vision or something. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, this is weird. Because I never not with my glasses on my lenses, right? So I was like, well, this is fucking weird. So he had like a billion questions fasting in the morning. I've just woken up. And I was like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> like, I'm just not <laughs> Maybe ready. you should have gotten up earlier. <laughs> I couldn't wake up. And then um, they left. And I started to watch one of the films. And I paused it, put the alarm on for an hour, had a three hour nap. I was absolutely shattered. From what sitting around too much, I reckon. But then you finish. so your day consisted of watching a movie. Mm. It became too strenuous, so you had to <laughs> pause, you had to pause it and have a nap. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, now I can go back to it. Yeah, that's bad. I know. <laughs> I'd swap though. I'd swap. You can come I'd do swap. my job. I'd swap. I'm going out of my mind. So am I, but for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be. It makes sense for me too, because I'm not. I don't speak to people. I never leave the house. I just feel like I'm mentally juggling though. Yeah. And I'm trying to juggle like, and I, it, it's like I'm juggling and then someone comes up and like, hey, juggle another ball. And I'm like, yeah. oh God, this is tough. That's an excellent metaphor. And then someone's like, hey, do you want to juggle another one? I'm like, not really, but all right. Yeah. And then what happens if you juggle too many? 
I don't know. Tell so me. You drop one. You drop one. You're like, I can't drop. Like, not just all of them. You drop one. No, I'm finding I'm dropping one. <laughs> one or two. I'm like, is that where dropping the ball comes from? No, it's in that um, like, baseball. Is that a... F- like, when you like go to bowl and then you that drop is it. not. That is not how you bowl in baseball. Oh my God. I don't give a shit. But you I do like tro- an underarm like bowling in like Whatever. the 10 pin bowling. It's when you, like, you know, when cricket. you drop it. Forget it. Why am I asking <laughs> you about a sports metaphor? Excellent metaphor about the juggling though. It's like I've never yeah. heard it before. Yeah, I don't think you have. I haven't. It was you sound sarcastic. <laughs> you sound like you're being facetious. Are you being facetious? Yes. You've never heard that. <laughs> you heard spinning plates. That's a thing. I have juggling balls. Everyone says that. Nobody says that. Everyone says that. I've never heard that. I think I came up with it. Really? Well done, me. <laughs> well done. That is your one achievement. Maybe Sh- you should drop a ball. Maybe just let something go. No, but then I find that that is inevitably that's what I'll get in trouble for. You know what I mean? Like, mm. if the, if you let one thing be like, okay, I'll just leave that for now. No, no, no. I mean, like, actually go out of your way when someone comes and says to you, here, have another ball. You say, no, thank you. I've got too many balls right now. Good, good use of the metaphor, mm-hmm. but it's more like they come up to me and go, if you don't keep, if you don't have this ball and start juggling that, we'll fire you. <laughs> and so it's like, well, chuck it on then. Keep, I'll get him. <laughs> okay, I'll, you and I'll I need do to it. have a chat off mic about this. <laughs> I'll do it. Right. So last week uh, we had a request from, from a good friend from across the pond, John Knopf little background for him. I met him traveling in Vietnam. We met in a hostel together. And this hostel, for those of you who know me, I, most of my stories revolve around this place. And every night they would put on free beer. Literally, they'd have a keg of free beer every night. And so we'd go down and you drink the free beer. And when the keg was finished, the, themselves were like 50 cents. Right. Like 25p. Okay. And so we're like... Well, we may as well keep going then. <laughs> We've already got a bit of a buzz on, so we'd keep going. At least on. we have a buzz after a whole keg. Yeah. How many buzz. of you were there in the hostel? Changed all the time. All oh, right. Okay. There was... No, there I mean, was, like, maximum capacity, let's say. Um, I reckon we would have probably had maximum, maybe, like, 20 in, oh, okay. like, the bar. So not, we'd play not card games big. and stuff. No. No. And it would usually go down there, and we'd have these mm. beers, and there was maybe six of us that were kind of regulars mm. that for was, the free had beer. stayed there for a while. But we'd play card games, like the same card games, and it was always just... What card games did you play? Strip poker? No. There's one really? called horse racing. Mm-hmm. Explain. Which you, you put out four aces. Right. And then like a row of cards next to it. Mm-hmm. And if you flip a card and it's this, whichever suit it is, mm-hmm. you move that ace along. Ah, okay. But you go around in the circle and you bet on your horse to win. Okay. So I if see. you want the ace of diamonds to win, you say, I bet two drinks. Which means you have to drink twice because mm. we always say, well, if you went to a race course, mm. you wouldn't be able to bet without putting your money down. So you have to put your money down. <laughs> so you have to give two drinks. But if your horse wins, mm. you get to give out four. Right. Okay. They're all, all the horses are two to one. Okay. Uh, so it's good fun because it makes, even if you don't win or don't get picked to drink, everybody has to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole point is that you do a big race. Like I, I was the guy that did the race call. Mm-hmm. So I'd sort of do it, and the ace is coming out, and the ace of diamonds is coming out, he's chasing it hard. And that was my job, and that was fun. That was a really fun game. That I'll tell you another game next week. Yeah. How about that? How about yeah. we spread it out? We can spread it out. Anyways, mm-hmm. he was one of the guys I met there, mm. and he'd stayed there for maybe a week or something, and we, like, we hung out with him a few times. 
really interesting dude, real funny dude. Um, knew a lot about like I think he was he was so funny and so like crass and rude. And then I was like, "What do you do?" He's like, "Oh, I'm studying international politics or international relations." <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Like, and then we've probably talked like over the years. So that was in 2013, mm. I think, or 14, 13, yeah. And every now and then we'll send a message and say, mm. "Hey, what's happening?" Um, but he'll message us every now and then, and like he recommended my friend a book, and he just sort of tells us what he's up to and stuff. It's cool. Yes, we got a pen pal. Yeah, little pen pal. Little pen pal. All right, so the movies that have been recommended to us are Chunky Press, which mm-hmm. I'd never heard of. No. Um, and Taxi Driver, which I'd very much heard of. Everyone's heard of Everyone's Taxi Driver. Everyone's heard of. Right, so Chunky and Express was written and directed by Carl Y. Young. 1994, it was released, um, and it made 600,000 USD. So it wasn't... It wasn't It wasn't. Huge it wasn't, commercial it wasn't great. Um, what happened with that film, though, it was Quentin Tarantino watched it and said, I'm going to buy the rights using, um, I think it was Miramax, and we're going to, like, kind of... Westernize it? Was no, he going to make no, an American no, version? No, no, no. He was just going to re-release it in the in America okay. and just to get some attention for it. And that didn't really generate any more sales, per se, but he just gave this um, from the reputation they kind of deserved. Like, it built its reputation, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. It's got but a, didn't really generate like a many recommendation sales. from yeah, Tarantino. exactly. Um, so he did it in screenings and stuff, and the DVD sales um, were very good on the re-release in the American market. Um, but other than that, it wasn't a commercial success. However, it's a very good film. It is good. It's, it's really good. good. It's really film. interesting. Mm. Do you want to talk about that one now and yeah. then come back and talk about Taxi yeah. Driver? So the the... We did, this is a bit of a different week because we didn't have a focus because we didn't mm. choose these movies. Um, so we don't have a... The focus is not the same way that we did before. No. We are just going to go off from the recommendation and kind of like think about the romance elements. Well, that was that's the thing. And so, the loneliness So John, elements. who recommended yeah. it, said they're both films about loneliness, mm-hmm. but at the heart, they're romances. Yeah. And so we kind of went into watching these movies with that in mm. mind... Um, I think it's good that we're starting with Chunking Express. I mm. think that one is more more obviously a romantic movie mm. because so it's a really interesting movie because it's broken into two parts. Yes, but the two parts are almost nothing to do with each other. No, they're except not. they're both cops, and it all happens at the restaurant. Yeah called Midnight Express. So the film is it's a split narrative film, so it's just two parts literally to it. There was meant to be a third part, so it's going to be a three-split film initially, um, but then the director said, actually, it's just going to make this film a bit too long. Yeah. Um, so because they wanted constraints for keeping the film really short because of budget problems, they just did the two parts. So the first... So you got a cop, um, and he's got a badge number, and I can't remember his name, actually, honestly. It was like, is that Q I Z U or something? Mm. I couldn't, I couldn't. It's like Chizu or something. I couldn't really quite pronounce it. So he, um, it opens with him checking his messages. Oh, he's calling, he's calling like his ex girlfriend's family or friends or something. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to speak to her. I just want to talk to you guys. What's happening? But it's like so obvious that he's there to talk to her. Like he, he wants her. He's like, oh, did she try and call me or anything? Um, Cop 663 Was that him? I thought that was No, no, that's the other one Yeah, sorry So his name is Heiju 
and he's cop two two three. So it's focusing on him, cop two two three, and like you just said, phoning his ex girlfriend. And then I, it was quite, it was quite a poetic. So his girlfriend broke up with him mm-hmm. on April first. Yes, and he said, no, April, yeah, yeah, April first, because he said I took mm. it as a joke then. And so then he said it was such a bizarre thing, but it came, it became quite a cool little idea. He said every day of the month. I go out and I buy a tin of pineapple. Yes. That expires on the first of May mm-hmm. because she liked pineapple. Yeah. And it, like that bit is kind of like she liked pineapples. Her name was May, and first of May was his birthday. Yeah, and the first so, of May, and, and then it was it would have been a month since she broke yeah. up with him. So he was like just giving himself a month to go. He over, said, yeah. "If she's not back in a month, then I'll know it's done." Yeah. But the the like that all all that works out really well because her name's May. It's his birthday. Mm. The uh, the pineapple thing. It's like. Could have been anything. He just picked, he's like... Yeah, I know. But, but, but it also became it a works. really cool part of it. it. I works, thought it was awesome. Yeah. And it's really funny when he goes in his shop and he wants to buy a can and the man's like, it's expired. And he's like, you've got two hours left. It needs to be on the shelf. And he starts having to go like, do you know how hard it is to put pineapples yeah, in a can? Yeah. Do you know about the processes? The man's like, I don't care. I wish I never had an expiry date. Then I wouldn't have to restock yeah. the shelves. And I was like, such valid points. <laughs> two men arguing about flipping pineapple that's chunks. It, but that's <laughs> it. He, like, he became... Became so passionate about uh, the expiry date. Then he, they give him because he, he goes on some deep, like yeah. there's a little philosophical rant about man, our throwaway culture. Yeah, that even plastic has an expiry date, man. And then the homeless guy asks, <laughs> he, he, the homeless guy's yeah. walking past. He's like, "Do you want this swordfish?" The homeless guy's like. It's expired. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. So his story intertwines with a Bridget Lynn's character who plays the character of the woman in the blonde wig. We never really find out her name. And this woman is a drug smuggler, yeah. mule kind of person. And she's she's got a bunch of these Indian people. And she keeps calling them Indian. And what they're actually I, from Pakistan. They're from Pakistan. And um, she's basically convincing them to take the drugs on and they're getting and you know what that entire scene when they're getting dressed up in it's the suits cool. oh whoa, this is amazing I'm getting Wasn't ideas cool? right so they get their tailor like made the suits yeah, yeah. and everything and within the lining of the suits you have tiny tiny pouches flat pouches of powder um, in within, the heel of the, in the shoe, heel of the shoe um, in the seams um, the woman the woman there so she pads her sari with it she looks pregnant yeah. Um, condoms obviously going up in the bum. That was a funny thing too because they yeah. all walked in and they yeah, walk like, out like, like, really like waddling. Yeah. So she takes them to the airport. Obviously, they're about to go somewhere and then they all just flee on her. And we never know what has happened to these people. And then she's in the shit because she's lost so much money yeah. and so much coke. I think it's coke, isn't it? It's white powder. Yeah, I'm yeah. assuming it's coke. And then she's in the ship. Then she bumps into COP223 in the bar and he asks to buy her a drink in four different languages. Now, did you know in that first half he speaks four different languages throughout the really? first half? Yeah. So then the, the narration is done in Cantonese. The dialogue is in Mandarin. He speaks Japanese and, English. and English as well. And he speaks all four languages when he meets her. Wow. And I was like, that's amazing. That's talented, yeah. yeah. How many languages do you speak? Two. What's the second one? If you uh, say English sh- and bad English. <laughs> that's a line from that's a line from um Do you know what that's a line from? <laughs> Tell me. Maybe we'll leave that as a quiz question. Then she says, I need somewhere to rest. He takes her to a hotel room and she just sleeps. I think he thought they were gonna bang. Of course. He and did. then they go home and she just passed out. He's like, I yeah. didn't know she's actually gonna sleep. Yeah. And then he spends all night staring at and what eating the chef's salad. He says he eats like five salads. Yeah. Which was Burgers. <laughs> which <laughs> didn't chips. make any sense. 
But then the next story started with him, the cop coming to buy a salad. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I guess that's He was connected. a bit of a tenuous, like, connection. I just thought maybe he was just being a bit glib because he yeah. was eating the sad leaves. And but then, then, and so then... Um, he ate a lot. And then she gets up. And then, oh, so then he has to go to work or whatever. Yeah. And he's, he's like, oh, I'll take her shoes off. Because he said, mum always said, if you sleep in your heels, you wake yeah. up with swollen feet. Even though she's been sleeping for about six hours in her yeah. heels, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's been yeah. watching movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he, he, it was such a little thing, but it was quite sweet when he takes her shoes off and he yeah. washes them with his yeah. tie. Because it goes, a woman as beautiful as her should have clean shoes. Yeah. And now, you was, know this actress, Bridget Lynch, she came out of retirement to this one. Really? Yeah. How old is she? Um, um that old. Well, she was like a veteran actor, like wow. for um, Chinese cinema. Um, born 1954. Now, this film is in 1994, and I always forgot that 40 because, years. yeah, but I was, I was 40. That's not actually retired. I don't know. Why is David Beckham retired? Because his body can't handle it. It's different to sport. Is it? Shinara. I just. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Um, maybe she just wanted to retire. Maybe she wanted to, I don't know. Oh, good on her. Yeah. What about us that need entertaining? But I mean, if. <laughs> If you have the opportunity to retire at the age of 40, you sure as shit are going to take that. I mean, why But then, like, you? why, like, you know... Because she wanted to work with the director, right? Yeah, yeah, so but, like, so she, but like, usually I mean, people that retire that, early are people that, like, bust their ass doing some, like... Well, she was, like, this, like, top, like, film actress Yeah, exactly, but, you, like, you don't see... Like, some people do a massive movie, hmm. get $100 million, they don't retire. But you could... You could, but she chose to. Why are you questioning this? Because she thought she loves her craft and she wants to keep doing it. Maybe she said, I... Yeah, she sucks. This, this was She's it. She's awful. So um, at the time as well, the writer-director, he wasn't really that well-known, but what he was making was just really good quality stuff. Mm. So imagine this like, veteran actress is like, I'm going to come out of retirement for you. What You'd a massive... Like, wow, wow yeah, yeah. that's pretty good, right? So uh, go on, do it. I won't leave it out. <laughs> been a long day it's not a can of coke what is it uh can of fanta <laughs> <laughs> wink wink i do like fanta what's your favorite pop drink pop probably fanta i don't like it yeah. now i've um i've i've been awoken i've been awoken awoken i've been i've been awakened I've, I've awoken awoke. you've awoke yeah awoken to the uh evils of sugar uh-huh and it is it's so bad poison man Dude, and I, that stuff like fanta yeah it's just of sugar. Like, of like 300 yeah. mils is something like yeah. 200 grams of sugar. It's, it's mental. Like, it's crazy. You know they're putting the sugar cap in the UK now? Like, you know, things with like sugar products the have a sugar is, tax? The problem is they... This is... I'm getting a bit preachy now. Go on, preacher. Um, but with from years of... Like, you know, like the uh, sugar companies paid doctors to come out and say that fat makes people fat. Yeah. And it's only now that people are like... No, that's mm, not true. It's like yeah. not true at all. Because you need fat. But because of that, what was bred out of that is that on a on a packet of like bread, mm. it'll say carbohydrates mm. and it'll say of which sugars. Mm. And that, you just disregard that. Yeah. Because carbohydrates by scientific definition are sugar. That's what turns into glucose, which will give you energy. And the reason that you turn that into fat is because your body transfers that and stores that and you're not burning en- enough Quickly. That's why athletes mm. can eat 20,000 calories. Mm. But normal people can't. Who's that swimmer? You know the... Michael Phelps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my lord. Exactly that. Yeah. Uh, but so they hide it. Mm. So the problem is the sugar tax, I worry, is they'll say, well, you can't... As, the, as your like thing which says sugar mm. has to be low, 
But if you can say, oh, these are carbs that aren't sugar, mm. then they get away with it. Mm. So I, th- so we did this thing at school with the kids where they had to look at all these different packets of food mm. and pick out the different percentages of stuff. Mm. And there was these bread rolls. And on the front, yes. it said less than one gram of sugar. Yes. And then you turned it over the back and it said in a hundred gram roll, mm. it was something like 80 grams of carbohydrates. But one gram... Of like technically of like refined sugar, yeah. and I'm like that's like that's close to criminal. Surely yeah. that they can say that it's got no sugar in it. Basically, well, this is the thing I didn't really know about like reading food labels. And my ex flatmate Jenna, because she's a, she was a personal trainer, she taught me how to read food yeah. labels. And then it was when I was teaching A level English language, and I taught the girls because they started talking about diets and stuff. And I was like, no, no, let's just learn how to read food yeah. tables then they taught their friends and i just passed on my genius <laughs> obviously that's the kind of teacher but that's it i because we're because i'm doing it in a few classes i'm doing yeah. digestion in a you couple of the older it. ones I think, it's crazy i think it's I, mandatory. As, I, think. I think as assistant head of your you should make it mandatory you should be like right this is my stamp in this school no shanara this i'm not going to take do. that juggling ball <laughs> thank <No>. you though <laughs> okay right so why were we we were talking about her yeah so she never finds him when she gets attacked yeah, she gets the, attacked. Yeah. And then she shoots. She goes and finds the... She goes and, I'm assuming that he was, was the boss. He, it was a weird, that it was, was weird. Because he cause was kind of like the boss, but you almost felt like he was... He didn't seem like the boss because he was like the bartender still. No, because she... That was a weird scene when he banged that chick with and the made her put the blonde wig on. Yeah. Just in like the back room of the bar. Yeah. The door open. Well, is that not something you would do? No. No? That was weird. And then he goes out to see the kittens and that can of fish... Oh, the kids were so sent cute. To, they'd sent to her, hadn't they? He'd sent that to her or something. I can't remember. That might have been a thing because it might have been like an expired can and that was like... Maybe. And that was but like she a, shoots him in the head and walks away. Yeah. Bad ass. Yeah. And then... Um, so we've got... <laughs> and then, what's his name? And he goes jogging. <laughs> he goes, I've got the quote up here. He goes, we're all unlucky in love sometimes. When I am, I go jogging. The body loses water when you jog, so you have no tears left that was so sad <laughs> oh like, he's talking to his friend he's like oh you got dumped again just jog and then people can't when you start to sweat people can't tell that you're crying no you know what i love <clears throat> this is my favorite one he goes when he says um he goes i'm going for a, a jog and he goes oh did you get dumped and he's like no i'm yeah. practicing for a marathon he goes what jogging should be a private thing yeah. not something for all <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i was like yes man you are so so true i hate marathon runners with the passion yeah you know scott running a marathon you know i've run a marathon really yeah it's horrible it's the worst thing i've ever done why did you do it? Today, Mayor and I decided to do it. Why? Were you showing off? No, I think I just wanted to say that I'd like just to be able to have done it, and I hated every minute of it. I didn't know the first half was fine. First twenty k's fine. Second twenty k's, yeah. I hate. I hated. I was getting cramps everywhere. Like so what I got did cramps. Struggled through. That you carried on running. I ran most of. It. I had to walk some bits because I was just cramping yeah, up, and then yeah. I'd run. And then I finished. It was like five and a half hours, but I finished. And, uh. I, and I hated it. And I and people were like, yeah, but when you finished, were you happy? I'm like, no, no. I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. I felt sick because we were popping those like um, glucose, like energy things. No. And they were awful because no. I had too what many. What are they? It's just like concentrated. It's basically concentrated sugar. Right. But you have it when you're doing a lot of high intensity sport stuff. They'd hand them out and things, like little gel packs. Yeah. Um, and I felt sick from those and I, I couldn't sit down because it hurt. I couldn't stand up because it hurt. You know when you were training though? Like did you actually do the full I trained. Stint? I was pretty religious with it, yeah. Mm. I did pretty well. I didn't do Did the, you like the training? 
I like. I think I like the training more than the doing it. A lot of people say that because it gives you discipline. And I got. And, and it was one of those things where, like, right now it's quarter to eight, mm. quarter to nine. No, no, I, quarter I haven't eight. changed uh, time. <laughs> quarter to eight, and yeah. I'd be like, "Well, I've got to go do my run." I'd go out and do an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, because I was like, if I don't train for this, I won't make it. Yeah. And I want to make it, and so I. But you hated I it. Did it. I hated it, yeah. You'd never do it again. So no, I've been getting I've been going to the gym quite regularly and I'm getting quite fit again and I'm like, oh, maybe I could. But I don't want it. Sorry. I would never ever ever. So. Imagine. Yeah, the marathon he was saying that cuz he does jogging and he doesn't yeah. want to cry. That was really funny. Uh, and then and he's jogging. Yeah. Because he's it's the 1st of May and he's ah, oh, that scene where he's eating all the pineapple. So he sits down, he has 30 cans of pineapple and he sits there and he eats all of them. Mm. And then he starts like, obviously he's too much. No, but he's no because that's after he went to the bar. He started vomiting. <coughs> yeah. He started like putting. <coughs> he started putting like chili sauce and stuff in. Yeah. Him. To make it a little <laughs> bit more change interesting. Change it up, yeah. He's trying to feed it to his dog and stuff. Um, and, then, and then and then he gets a, a message that he has like a message waiting for him, and then he calls the number, and they're like, "Oh yeah, some woman left a message. She said happy birthday." That was really nice. Yeah. That was a really sweet scene. Then he goes back to the restaurant and the restaurant owner says, forget about me, how about Faye? And now we're introduced to the next two characters. This is the second half of the film. And Faye um, is... Now, she, her real name is Faye Young. Um, she's actually a famous singer. And that was... I know it says it's like introducing Faye Wong, but she was already like mm. she's already done a film before that, but people hadn't really known Just her like as that. Yeah, but she was a very she's a much much um, famous singer. I don't think she's that famous of an actress. And then you have Cop. She's um, quite striking looking. I think she looks like a freak. And she's Cop Six Six Three, so it's their story. Yeah, and so Cop then, Six Six Three. So then it changes yeah. over and becomes a new yeah. guy. So that, so so the original guy went to. He kind of just like brushed past her and he yeah. said, oh, I came 0.01 centimeters away from her, but then she fell in love with another man. Yeah. And then it stops completely like hard cut to mm. the second story. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was quite strong. Like, I thought she was sort of quite beautiful in a quite unique way. I guess because of also the character, like she had really short hair and she yeah. was wearing like t-shirts and jeans or whatever. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it kind of. Yeah, she wasn't very girly girly. No, it kind of yeah. made her like it, she had this real attitude. She mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of um, Helen. Bottom Carter. Bottom Carter from Fight Club, where she kind of, well, not quite as intense, but she was kind of like, I don't care about what you're doing. I'll no. just do my thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, the cop six is three has been dumped as well. Um, his girlfriend is an air hostess and he goes to this little dubba place, this like little bar Restaurant thing. Which is where which is where the first guy in the first yeah. story was making all these calls from and, and he kept going there. She works there. His ex girlfriend comes by, leaves a letter, they all read this letter, and then she reads it and finds keys inside for his flat. She's returned the keys. She decides then to go into his flat and kind of just faff like fixing it up. Yeah, and, and just like well. she spends time in there and stuff. He eventually catches onto the fact that she's in his flat, and then she disappears on him. Well, they go to they go yeah. to meet. They go to they say they're going to meet at a restaurant yeah. together called California. Yeah, because she wanted to go to California for it. Yeah. And then she doesn't yeah. turn up, and then the owner of the little kiosk thing mm. was like, "No, she's gone to the state California. Mm. She's gone." And he's like, "Oh man, 
yeah. and she left him a boarding pass that she drew on like mm. a napkin or whatever for a year's time for a year's yeah yeah in a year's time and then and then he she comes back she comes back and he's, he's now bought, bought the, the restaurant. restaurant yeah and because of the name for the destination was blurred out she wrote it again and the ending was very ambiguous for because because he showed her the boarding pass mm. and she made him another one yeah it was a weird um she and she became a yeah, like a flight attendant, yeah. which is like a weird, ironic sort of dig, but yeah. also like, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about that. Now, I hated Faye with so much passion. I cannot describe. She's on my hate list. <laughs> I hated everything <laughs> about her. I hated her neck. I hated a weird face. She was quirky. I hated, I hate that. I hate this weird, false, quirky bullshit. I hated everything about her. I didn't think she could Just act. be normal. I didn't think she could act. I thought everything she did was so over the top in like a really like, you, you're a bad actress. Like you shouldn't be doing this part. Like someone else who's actually good. I thought the cop was really good. Oh no, he I was he excellent. he was fantastic. I think the first cop as well was yeah. so pathetic. He was so funny too. He was, he was so, so funny. Like, yeah. and like, that scene where he called all these like ex-girlfriends and he called that girl, he's like, we were in the fourth grade together. Do you yeah. not remember me? Oh, you don't? Oh, well, that's a shame. See you later. Yeah. He is. But no, yeah. the second cop was fantastic. Yeah. But Excellent I couldn't quite actor. get his motivation because. He was just a cop. It wasn't really about yeah, him, was it? It was about yeah, her. Yeah, but like, because he sort of didn't realize that she was keen on him until later on. But it kind of felt like, and this is this is just what I think the, the, the filmmaking made me feel, mm-hmm. was that he was kind of drawn to her from the start. Yeah. And all that stuff about him buying the different lunches mm-hmm. for his for his girlfriend, that Chef felt salad. like it was all about the waitress. Yeah. It felt like it was all intended for her. That's what I thought as well. Like, we both discussed this um, beforehand as well. Now, this film, and we both say this, it's a very artsy film. It's not a usual kind of film. It's a spit narrative. And I have never been a keen fan of the split narrative technique. Um, no. Tarantino does it in what was it? The one with um the the cops and then he changes to the girls in a car. Is that Death Race That's and it. But that, that was that was that was a different one though cuz that was made as a double feature. Mm. Like they weren't supposed to have anything to do with each yeah. other. That well, was supposed to be a grindhouse. This one doesn't really have thing. anything. The Roger Ebert um in 1996. Oh, you with him. I love him because what he says, it's so true all the time. Now, he said, this film is a good film. Like, he doesn't deny it. It's no. a very, very good film. But he says, but this is the kind of movie you'll relate to if you love film itself rather than its surface aspects such as story and stars. It's not a movie for casual audiences. And moving on, he says about the director, he's concerned more with the materials of a story than with the story itself. And I, I would mm. totally agree with that. Yeah. But I would argue that that's the point. No, yeah. And, but, like... It's, I, I think it's hard to criticise... Well, you know... It's not really a criticism, more of an observation. Yeah, 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 I guess. Because it's like... I don't think the director would have been like, this story is brilliant. Everyone's yeah. going to walk away from this loving the story. Mm. I think he made it being like, people are going to really enjoy the, the themes and the feeling and, yep. the, and the, the little quirky ideas I put into it, which is what I enjoyed about it. Like, yeah. it's not a movie... First of all, it's not a movie I'd ever would have picked. I told you I didn't hear, I hadn't yeah. heard of it. I also, in all honesty, probably wouldn't watch it again, just because 
this yeah it didn't didn't sort of grab you enough which did you like i like the first story more than the second one because I, I hated Faye. i quite liked the first maybe 10 minutes or so mm. of the second story mm. where he's just going to the restaurant where yes. he's just going back and forth to the, and that's like the whole story the only part that you see mm. is him turning up the restaurant every day yeah and he buys a salad the first day and fish mm. and chips and a salad the next day and that little quirky interaction might not even mm. be 10 minutes might be like five minutes of it i thought that was really cool because it was like him almost sort of knowing what he was doing without letting any of it on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the cop sort of knew he was intriguing her without doing it on purpose. Yeah, but then, the but then it kind of, But then it kind of flips mm-hmm. because she was such a free spirit and he couldn't have it. She was not a free spirit. She, she was, was. She, she was a psycho him. stalker. She stalked she, him yeah. and she was obsessed about him. And she, but then she left. Yeah, because she's a flipping weirdo. She's not flipping quirky. She's she just a freak. She's pretty quirky though. She's a freak. Pretty now, what I didn't understand, right? So she goes into his flap and literally redecorates everything. She changed. Lovely. He's got this big Very white nice. teddy bear and she changes it into a tiger and he does not fucking notice. Beautiful. That's like, really nice. Like he doesn't notice. And then he has the wasn't audacity. There a scene, wasn't there a yeah, scene at the end of the when first one? When he says, one? I became very observant when he has audacity to say that. It's like, you didn't notice a bear changing to a flipping tiger. <laughs> you didn't notice you've now got very a quirky, blue Very quirky, very sweet. Cloth. She's trying to help him. And she kept adding fish to his goldfish um, tank. Oh, they're breeding. You can't do that. Who knows? You need more space. Everyone knows that. They'd eat each other and then the ones become big. No, they just it's just they need space. It's really cool to keep them like enclosed. She was trying to be nice. She I was trying to be nice I know nice, that though. because I was told you, I was not allowed to buy a goldfish from the pet shop woman because she, she a bitch. Because you're a psycho. No, because I didn't have a tank and I was like, I'll get one. Like, I'll put it in okay. a cup. I'll I was put like, it in I'll put it in a jar. It's a goldfish. And she's like, no, you can leave the store. Wow. That's fucking goldfish, mate. You sound like, bitter about that still. Um, it's really hurt me. But she, she was trying to be nice to him. She was trying to do nice things. Yes, I, she might have done it as a stalker crazy lady way, but she was trying to be nice, I think. <laughs> I, but I really, I did really like... So you know when um, you finally get a stalker when we get famous and you're like, Shanara, I think something's going on. And I'll say, oh no, she's probably just trying to be nice. Hey, if you she think. tidies my room, I'll be like, <laughs> whatever. I just like leave my door locked. I really like. On certain days. <laughs> I really like your laundry out. Mm, mm. <laughs> in like, already, I'll like, leave it on the like yeah, the landing the outside my room. and the whites and the mixed all. Thanks, yeah. stalker. I'll leave a little note. It's nice. <laughs> you can't do that. Then she might like you know stalk not, me more. Yeah, and not leave. Imagine if she comes in. Imagine if you went to your flat right now and there was this random woman there, wide-eyed, staring, like we're meant to be together. Why? Because she heard this. <laughs> yes. But this isn't going live. I'm saying to you. <laughs> right, okay. Next week then. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Really? Under a pile of washing. Yeah. <laughs> washing machines downstairs. Preview your love to go. me. <laughs> yeah. I really hey, I'm happy to run away and marry you, but I need to know that you're good wife material. We need to test before Here's my we buy. shopping list. And then after all that, I'll just be like, nah. No. And then you can kill her. Yeah? Can I? Mm, okay. I don't really want to do that. But okay, that's uh, <laughs> what you thought of me. Now, so, what do you think? You know, we didn't have a focus for this one. No. But what do you think about the theme that John mentioned? That Romance this is like, and but it's like a lonely yeah. film with its heart. Run. I think, I think the first one really showed off like the loneliness. That guy yeah. was really lonely and really sort of like. Um, 
a way that lots of people could relate to. Yeah. Like, by the way, he was calling his ex-girlfriends and, like, I'm sure, you know, everybody's probably done that. And he was just, he was just a lonely, regular guy. But then the contrast was this, like, drug-dealing crazy lady yeah. who, who was so distant from everyone. She wore a wig and sunglasses and a trench coat mm. all the time. She was so separate. So she, her, she had that loneliness as well. Mm. And they had this brief moment of... A connection. Connection, of sort, yeah. which wasn't romantic. It was just like this nice thing at the end. Mm. I think the second one was quite clever and it set up. it set it up as a love story mm-hmm. and it sort of showed these two people falling in love. But then it kind of jumped back into that loneliness theme with it not working out. Yes. And I guess it left it open at the end, but you had to go through like another the, year of being like, well, they're both alone. Hmm. I think with um, the loneliness, I think that goes hand in hand with where the where it was set, which is set in Hong Kong. And obviously Hong Kong is a mega city. And people often talk about Hong Kong being like any other major city like London or New York, where it's really hard to establish relationships. Yeah. And once you've gone through a breakup or something like this then you are you feel alone yeah, yeah. really alone in this like really massive busy city I think they showed that quite well really really well now the title um, of the film Chunking Express comes from two landmarks in Hong Kong so you've got Chunking Man- Mansions and Midnight Express um, do you know anything about Chunking it, Mansions uh, no I don't know anything about, it's like, about Midnight Express is so there. Chunking Mansions is this like famous like uh, it used to be like a hotel or some sort of like a big building, but then it got changed when it came to immigration. So um, a lot of immigrants of like Indian, Pakistanis and West Africans came over and they started to make shops and stuff in mm. there. Now it's like notorious in Hong Kong. Now people say you have drug dealers rubbing shoulders with honest men there. That's and cool. it's, yeah. Um, now it's like, where like where the South Asian community really is because they're like considered like third class citizens in Hong Kong. I was reading an article about this, and that's why the blonde woman went the there to get the to Pakistani get, guys because mm. they're willing to do a lot of these things. And that's it because they all like gave her pass, gave their passports yeah. to her, and she was like, right, I'm. No, I thought that was a very dangerous move for them. Yeah, of course they were, you know, going to do the drug smuggling or whatever but they gave their passports to her she still had them yeah but it, it, like it sort of made it clear that these guys had no option like these guys were sort of at the end yeah, of the yeah but you know when they run away from her yeah now they don't have passports yeah they've got their drugs they might be able to sell drugs but they've lost their passports yeah but she had really? money too yeah like she gave the money and then she paid for all their stuff mm. so and they've got all the drugs which yeah. is worth much more yeah so this place was like one of those places so backpackers used to go there as well and it was dangerous in the sense that a lot of illegal activity was happening but then a girl got raped there once and that's when the police got involved and now cctv is present Mm. in every like part of it and they make sure that the shopkeepers and stuff have like security and stuff like that so it's not as notorious as it used to be it's become a bit more of a almost like gentrified i feel like i just like if i go to hong kong i kind of want to go there and check it out yeah it's probably but it's probably become a bit of a tourist location it's touristy in so much as people want to go there to see where it is but no one really wants to go inside because it's still the asian community and it's still their home they haven't allowed it to be gentrified which is quite interesting actually second one is midnight express which is an indian fast food store in lang kwai um and it's a really famous which place. is what they're yeah. all hanging outside yeah. of what would you give this movie i would give this maybe like a b see i think 
you know, as a movie, if I had to rate all my favorite movies, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be up there. But I think for the purpose it was, it was trying to achieve, I'd give it probably an A minus. Yeah, I think it. I think it was really arty, and it mm. was, and it was, it was an interesting one because it was, it was shot really beautifully, but not. It didn't. It wasn't like long, lingering, scenic no. shots or anything. It was very um, short, short and quick. It was yeah. quick paced. The dialogue in this film was fantastic. Yeah. It was all narration. Really clever. Most of it, mostly narration, actually, not. All from that, the first one with that yeah. guy. It was just so funny. He was just such a battler. I like his. So the first guy, Cop 223, and um, her, the woman in the blonde yeah. wig. I like the intertwining narrations yeah. when she says, I don't know, when I became so cautious, when I wear a raincoat, I wear sunglasses too, because you never you know. know. Rain be and I, I thought that yeah, was cool. That was it really was good. nice. And the way the dialogue works, and, you know, with his, like, pineapple, and it's really poetic. Yeah. It's actually beautiful. And even when he's arguing with the shopkeeper, it's so ridiculous. But that loneliness does come out then. Because yeah. he's just like, Fuck's sake, someone he was a nice dog. character. He was yeah. a really nice character. He was. I, they I, both, but they both, like, both the cops were both just nice yeah. characters. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. They I were, wanted for it to go back to him because yeah. I think that story was much better than the second half. And that's. But like I also I said, feel like it made. Having it finished there mm. made that conclusion weirdly powerful. Mm. The fact that the, the, the happy birthday message. Mm became like the biggest thing from this drug dealing woman that he's never going to see again was like this huge thing to him and I think it made it more poignant it made it more poignant that it never came back to that and that was it because he says if memories could be canned I hope they never have an expiration date and I was like oh this is so beautiful (laughs) so yeah for that you know those kind of reasons I think with the second half of it as well I think she's like you can't just use your hatred for her. No, to... like she, I think she, out of all of them, out of the cousin who owns yeah. the shop, he was the good. cop, he was him. brilliant, the cop, even the other workers, she's the loneliest one because yeah. she doesn't relate to any of them. And I thought it was hilarious when she doesn't pay the electricity bill, which she should have paid, by the way, instead of like being at his flat, <laughs> flipping, <laughs> eating light cheese sakes. Light cheese are delicious. They are delicious, but not in the strangers' house, like get out. So, you know, when um, the Indians start singing happy birthday when she lights candles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's brilliant. That's good. Um, Cool. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yeah, let's move on. Oh, just before we forget, this won, like, basically everything in the 1995 Hong Kong Film Awards. Yeah, I looked at it. It was was huge. Best picture, best director, best actor, best editing, best actress. Oh, then he was nominated for best actress, best supporting actress, best screenplay, blah, 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 blah. But he did win her, Faye Wong, Best New Actress at the Stockholm Film Festival. So, second film was Taxi Driver. Everyone knows Taxi Driver. It was written by Paul Schrader and directed by the then not very known Martin Scorsese. This kind of brought him into the light. This yes, and Goodfellas. Very, very much so. It's kind of like his... Budget was 1.3 million. Made. Should we do a drum roll? But 28... Million two hundred sixty thousand. I don't know if that was worth it of a drum roll. I just wanted you to do a drum roll. <laughs> no, it, wasn't that, it wasn't like it that wasn't, much of a massive no. number that no. we had. No, we've, we've had bigger numbers, but um, it was. I thought it was worth it. This, Paul Schrader wrote this in ten days. Wow. Ten days. Do you know how he wrote this? This is mental. He With kept a, a loaded gun next to his um next to him as a motivation. I was going to shoot himself mm-hmm. if he didn't write it. Yep. Have you heard Which of... Which is mad. So, have you heard of... um, What's his name? 
I can't remember his name. Who? He wrote he wrote a book called The Four Hour Work Week. Oh yeah, I've got that upstairs. Yeah, uh, interesting guy. Mm. He came up well he didn't come up with it but he said for his next book mm-hmm. he used like sort of not positive motivators but like what he did was he gave his friend ten thousand dollars yeah yeah and he, he said this, yeah. and he said if i don't finish my book in a year's time donate it to the nazi like pro pro nazi america group mm. and so then he's sitting there and he's like oh, should i write something and he's like i don't really feel like it but I don't want to donate ten grand to the Nazis, so I'm gonna write it. So he like, and then he said like that was enough to push him to do it. It's sad, isn't it? How like little things like that. Can, yeah. It's not little things. Ten thousand pounds. I mean, yeah. I, I would give you five pounds and say, donate this to the Nazis, and that's like, really like, hard. You, yeah. Not only yet are you losing yeah. ten grand because he said you know he he tried doing that with saying, I'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars, and if mm. I don't do it. You can have it. Keep it. But he's like, that's not enough of a motivator because yeah. then you're kind of helping somebody. Yeah. And so he's like, you have to make it something you really don't want to happen. Yeah. Um, obviously, not all of us have that luxury. No, no, we don't. <laughs> the taxi driver starring um, Robert De Niro, a very young Robert De Niro, obviously. And he was this, is... But was this his breakout? No, no. What was? Because he won the Oscar for, for Godfather 2. Before this? Yes. So I'll come back to that in a second. Oh. So what happened? So this film is about Robert De Niro, and he is an ex-vet. Um, he used to work. He used to be part of the Marines. Now he just wants. He's an insomniac. He just wants to work as many long hours as possible to make himself tired. Surprise, surprise! He's a taxi driver. Yeah. So he goes and gets a job as a taxi driver, and he works night shift. He wants to really just do that. And as he's driving around, he starts noticing how disgusting and dirty and everything is. And the entire film is based on his narration. That's all it is. There's very little dialogue, really, in it's comparison really, to narration. It's really dark. It's very dark. But well, yeah. weirdly, not in the sense of... I don't know. It's not really, it's not really in your face dark. No. It's kind of really sort of... You see, because he's crazy. It's he is subtle. Crazy. And I think that works really well as well, how subtle it is. So he goes and... Sees a girl, um, played by Sybil Shepherd. Shepherd, um, what's her name? Betsy. Betsy, that's her name. Yeah. So he meets Betsy, asks her out. She kind of something happens, rejects her. But like, she but, rejects but, but him. she was working on the campaign. Yep. Of the president. President Palantine. 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 So because of that, he gets really obsessed with President Palantine. <coughs> now he starts thinking, oh, actually, all politicians lie, etc. Again, more narration, more narration. He Sorry, he was a presidential candidate. He wasn't pres- president oh, yet. Oh, presidential candidate. Then he starts, then he, he um, arms up, really, gets himself a few guns, and he starts practicing, shooting, etc. And we don't really know where he's going. In the meantime, he's met this young 12-year-old prostitute played by jo- Jodie Foster. And he doesn't do anything the first time around when she kind of gets like forced into this like with this guy well she runs away and jumps in his taxi yeah and she's like get me out of here and he doesn't do much then he goes finds her again and then he pays he pays the the pimp doesn't pimp, he yeah so he can take her out for he's just, he's just talking to her just like why are you doing this mm. you need to leave etc etc more psychosis more psychosis and then eventually the film ends with a massive shootout where he goes to he goes to kill the presidential candidate doesn't goes to the pimp's house and, and shoots yeah. everyone up so that's basically the plot line of the film now like cameron just said this film is dark but it's really really subtle and i think they it comes is a really good 
symbol for how mental illness kind of has its tentacles. Oh, big time. Like, kind of creeps up yeah, on you. Yeah, creeps up on you. And suddenly it's like, yeah, I'm going to kill the presidential candidate because he lied. That's a really good That's a really good way to explain it and explain how the movie did mm. it. Because if he came out in the first no. scene, he was like, ah, I hate everything. I felt You'd be like, ugh. My heart went out to him in the first scene. He oh, was insomniac. And that was, you know, and that's the whole thing. And I think that's why this movie is so well regarded mm. because you get through the whole movie and you're still kind of like, Ah, oh, this poor yeah. guy. Like he's kind of doing his best. Like he's he's dealing with some shit, but mm. he's sort of just doing the best he can. It's also a really good example of. So this film was set in 1974. It came out in 1976, um, and obviously this would have been the time when vets were coming back from yeah. Vietnam. And obviously these were the days when no one ever had even heard of PTSD. And you've gone to Vietnam thinking you're fighting a war for your country. You've come back. And, and every, you your and community hates you, you and, yeah. because it's an illegal war and you've you fucked up basically, and, but it's not lost, your fault. Yeah. And you kind of in this weird in-between place, you don't know where your loyalty is like. He was let go honorably from the Marines. That was an honorable discharge. And the taxi drive, the taxi rank person, he was like- Wizard. Yeah, the wizard. He was also in the army, wasn't he? Yeah. And then they both just had this moment where they like just nod at each other. They just know yeah. that you can't really talk about it really so he can't sleep so he drives around now this film do you know it was filmed during the garbage garbage strike really yeah that's why there's literally dirt everywhere and that's that was built into the narration yeah i was gonna say like did that then make it more like make that a thing yeah it was built in narration now martin scorsese because he wasn't really that well known as well the scorer didn't want to do it initially until he read the script and then he said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do the yeah. score for you. Um, but he gave the actors and the writer a lot of free reign. And Paul Schrader's original like, script wasn't really edited much. He stayed true to the original yeah. script, which I thought was brilliant. And Paul Schrader, I mean, he wrote it in 10 days. That's crazy. Yeah, that's mental. And this is kind of creepy. Robert De Niro said... If he ever was to direct a film, he'd, it would be about a guy going around New York dressed in army clothes with guns and very Did mentally unstable. Did he say this before this hey? came out? Yeah, like, no, but no, not to anyone. That was yeah. his idea. And then Paul Schrader came and I wrote this. Like, like, he was like, whoa. This is what I yeah. want to do. He trained, I say trained. <clears throat> he did so much research for this film, De Niro. Like, I never thought he was a method actor or anything like that, but he was a taxi driver for two months. He wow. got a license and he but, drove around. Okay, okay. And he went but to... Do you th- mm. <laughs> but do you think that helped? Like, because his taxi driving wasn't exactly like... the. It wasn't the bits that were amazing. No. You know, like, you know... I don't know if that... Is I what think it made it such a great helped, performance. Like with maybe the relationships he has with other drivers and, maybe, and lingo yeah, and yeah, how and to maybe, do things. And maybe he was doing it late at night. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did it late at night and was kind of like, this is what it's like to live the night shift. He was weird because you just got this sense that he never slept. Yeah. Like through the whole way through the movie, never slept. And so he meets this girl, Betsy. Um, and she works with a guy who's kind of a dick. And so he asks her out and she agrees to go out with him kind of because she sort of feels sorry for him a bit, but kind of like, oh, he seems nice enough. And then he takes it to a movie <laughs> and it's like a porn movie. Yeah. 
and she um, freaks out and leaves sometime sweet season tagline sometime anytime anywhere nice have you seen it no i looked into it though i was like what's is that because i didn't know what it was that's how naive and innocent i was i what? was like i don't understand it like is this Why is she leaving yeah have you seen um uh what was that from holy mountain fuck it you need to watch holy mountain i've no my brain was traumatized is that pornog it's it's classed as an artsy fartsy film but there's a lot of 70s style like pornography shit going on like i was shocked i was shocked you were shocked i was shocked, you were shocked. i was shocked so i was just like what's this about so some that sometimes sweet season is about um a girl in a mental asylum who has fantasies about doing it with her doctor and the nurse and then the scenes are basically about that yeah so when so they, it's an actual thing yeah it's an actual yeah. film and so I looked into it obviously and apparently after the release of Taxi Driver um, that film like kind of popularised the film but by that time they had to do the, like the R-rated version not have the X-rated version or something <laughs> crap so actually it was much less than what they would have yeah. the characters would have seen if that well, makes cause, sense well because like that was yeah. the thing they kind of went to like a porn theatre yeah because so he doesn't sleep at night he drives a taxi and in the day he spends his time in porn theatres yeah. you know in Birmingham there's a porn theatre is there yeah Seems and it's really gross it's blue and I always wondered what that was and my mates were like yeah it's like the blue theatre I was like yeah it's blue right yeah, and it's no, like no, no, no it's like, like blue. blue right and then he told me explicitly blue, mean. <laughs> blue means Sex. sexy films imagine sitting in a porn theatre <laughs> it's gross <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah. I can't believe they exist. Now, you know the girl yeah. in the first porn theater where she, when he's trying to hit on her? Yeah. That was his girlfriend at the time. De Niro's? Really? Yeah. Diane Abbott. Diane he Abbott. is really good in this. And I like, I know I, I didn't slag him off, but I just said like to taxi driving help. But he is awesome in this. And he, like, you know, I hadn't really heard of the writer before. Like, uh, you know, um, I hadn't heard of the writer, mm. but obviously he now is mm. sort of directing royalty. And um, De Niro is like a superstar, but he just crushes this. And so when you have the story, which is a great story, with a great director and then him able to pull it off, mm. it gives you that really subtle... Because he is like psychotic. He's trying to kill the senator. And then he goes on a killing spree, but it... But you somehow feel sorry for him yeah. the whole time. Because it's not like he goes and kills bad guys that are breaking the law. Well, the guy is pimping out a 12-year-old. Mm. That was pretty nuts. Well, that was the thing, wasn't it? Because he goes to kill Palantine, right? Who's quite innocent. He's an innocent man, yeah. right? And then, But he just sort of didn't agree with some of the stuff he was yeah, saying. Yeah, but technically he's just an innocent man. But then he takes that... That psychosis and that turns it towards like pimps and those that well, are abusing I guess he, children. Yeah, yeah, he and saw it as all as the problem, didn't he? Yeah, because the film ends with the newspaper clippings and the letter, the voiceover from he's a hero. Um, yeah, Iris's parents going, "Thank you for bringing her back. Yeah. You're still in a coma." And he's a hero, and there's taxi hero because he killed all these pimps and blah blah blah. And you just think. Yeah, but he was about to kill the presidential candidate. Yeah, but like, they didn't know that. Yeah, he just reached into his jacket there. As an audience, you just like yeah, yeah. he's still a psychopath. He's still a And that's the thing. Like, you're kind of left with the sense that he just goes back to driving the taxi then. Mm. Because he's like... But he does. He, he does. does. Yeah. 
But you, you, you sort of assume that he's just going to live his life from now on driving taxis. But it's like, well, he's probably going to lose his mind again and try and kill but, somebody. But isn't that the beauty of this film where, yeah. as the audience, because we're allowed we, into we his know, mind, we know. Yeah. But from the outside, he's just a normal guy. He's walking around. and he, on, Well, in, from, from the outside, he's a hero. Yeah. Like from, the, from the public yeah. in the movie, he's a hero that just killed these pimps that were pimping out kids. Do you want to hear something really creepy and spooky? Ooh, Ooh. do I ever. Okay. It's not even Halloween anymore. <laughs> so, Schrader was inspired to write this script after reading about Arthur Bremer. Okay, and he was guilty of killing the presidential hopeful George Wallace. Now, Bremer was 26 years old in 1976 <gasps> when the film came out. That was the same age that Travis Pickle, B- Pickle was in the film. And then Schrader was 26 when he wrote the original screenplay in 1972. Everybody's 26 all the time. <gasps> Isn't that really creepy? No. Yes, it is. Uh, so, it's like... Do you want to know a couple of facts? I'm going to do some facts now. Taxi Driver, American Gigolo, Light Sleeper and The Walker made up a series referred to famous uh, uh, variously as the man in a room or night worker films. Screenwriter Paul Schrader has said that he considers the central characters of the four films to be one character who has has changed his age, like he has changed the age. So he reckons that, even though it's not, he reckons that it's Travis Pickle the whole way through. We talked like about all those movies. Oh, all those films, right? All okay. those movies. He's like, I reckon. He's like, I kind of saw them because he made three of them. Mm. He kind of said, oh, he directed the last three. He wrote all of them, mm. and he was like, I've kind of envisioned them as all being the ah, same guy see, see, at different points of his life. Okay. Have you seen Seven Psychopaths? Yes. Brilliant movie. Mm. So, Sam, I totally forgot this. Sam Rockwell's character mm. is named Billy Bickle, ah. and he refers to himself as the illegitimate son of Travis Bickle. <laughs> like, what a weird, what a weird uh, sort of link to that. That is. So, this is really interesting. Of course, about this film, right? So, he said in an interview with my favourite, Roger Ebert. Roger Bebert. No, Ebert. Okay, he said. Justin Bebert. This is his feminist film because it takes macho to its logical conclusion so i was like what the fuck does that mean right so it means the better man is a man who can kill you right this movie shows that kind of thinking shows the kind of problems some men have bouncing back and forth between the perception of women as goddesses and whores. and i was like mm. oh that's yeah kind of because well, he the does, first girl was a total boss yeah. and she just was like i don't want to be with you no he's like, and he's like you know and then he like flips out on her yeah so it's like that's kind of it isn't it like oh you either agree with me or you're a whore yeah and or i can save you or kill yeah, someone yeah. in order to save you so i was like oh isn't that interesting oh, directors interesting. actually think i about love the scorsese mm. I, like the, the departed is genius i love it's so that good have you seen the original no i need to watch that scott's seen it and he's like the original like a gazillion times better really yeah today the new one's so star-studded and everyone just crushes it so, you know, that that film when I watched in cinema, right? You know, the, the ending, yeah. The ending. Like, after, like, the second kill, I was a bit like, well, this is getting a bit silly, right? So, I started sniggering. Then I started laughing. And then the entire cinema Tackling. burst out laughing. Really? Yeah, we were just all laughing at the end of it. My mates were like, dead. you just fucking ruined this film. Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think, just lastly... Well, I think no, not last. You talk about the love, the love. Aspect. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. what do you think with the the idea of it being? Because this was, I feel like this. Well, <clears throat> where the last one sort of almost tried to trick you into being 
a romantic movie, but then it was like, actually, it's about loneliness. Yeah. This one was very clearly about lonely, a lonely yeah. guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so what do you think Who about Who is he John's- writing to? I don't, you don't, I don't think we're supposed to know. Because it's like... Because it's her. I felt like it was a diary because yeah. he had the dates, but then he had, he was speaking to someone in, I felt like they were letters. Yeah. So, and they were like chronicling. But goes, I guess because it happened before that, didn't it? Because he was talking about how he couldn't sleep and stuff. Yeah. So I'm just thinking. Just a device. Did he have someone then? Or it was a, or it was a diary. But yeah. what do you think, what do you think then that John picked this movie mm. saying it was a movie about loneliness, mm. very clear, mm. but that it was a romance movie at heart. Like, what do you think? I think if it came to... I don't think romance is the right word for it. I think love is present because he does have this weird relationship with Jodie Foster's character. Like, he wants to save her. And he is doing that out of the goodness of his heart. And I'd also say that his motivation to kill the senator, Mm. although totally warped and wrong, came from a place... Came from what he perceived as a good place. Mm. You know what I mean? He he thought he was mm. trying to do the right thing. He thought... He didn't think... He wasn't just like, I hate this guy. I'm going to get rid of him. He was like, I'm going to make things better. Mm. <laughs> there was, was something like, in my hair, guys. I'm laughing. No. <laughs> she was looking at my finger waggling on the no, shadow. No, there was something in my hair. Um, he, he was trying to do the positive mm. thing. He thought he was helping everybody by killing him. Yeah. Which is totally bonkers. He does. Okay. It is bonkers. But I, I didn't see it that way. Like, I just didn't pick up on that at all. What, that he was bonkers? No. Uh, there was a positive thing? That he was... Yeah. I, I just didn't. I just thought he was just mental. I didn't see... No, I think I think he had... Like, he'd sort of... Like you said, he... Because he was dating the, the presidential... The, the senator's mm. helper, mm. he started looking into it more and realised that that guy wasn't any good. Mm. See, I originally thought that he wanted to kill him because she said she was so busy all the time. I think she'd use that as an excuse. She was like, I'm busy. I'm too busy to see you. Yeah. And he was like, well, I'll kill him and then you won't be busy anymore. You know um, the scene where he's phoning her? Yeah. And then he like kind of like pans across. Scorsese said he did that on purpose. That was like he made sure that camera direction was in place um, because it was as though that conversation was just too pathetic to even witness. Yeah. And it was, wasn't it? And he is quite pathetic in that sense. Like, Oh, totally. He and like, he's so desperate. He's so desperate for that companionship. Mm. He's, he is completely desperate. I'm trying to find um, the person. So that's, there it is. So this film inspired John Hinckley to uh, assassinate Ronald Reagan. Wow. Um, and he, he, was, he was obsessed no, he didn't. He was attempted. Obsessed with this film. And he was obsessed with jo- Jodie Foster. I can see. And he used to stalk her at Yale University. Oh, jeez. Like, he was just mad. And um, he I can wrote see letters. How, I can see how people get obsessed with yeah, this movie. Yeah, absolutely. He wrote letters um, to Foster as well. And he said that he was going to assassinate the president so he could impress her. And... Jeez. Yeah. And he said it was because of this film. They should make a movie about that. I'm right? sure... Should we I'm do it? I'm sure, sure of... People have made films sure, like Hinkley. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, another killer, and I can't find his name, he made a full confession if he got an apple pie, a slice of apple pie with um, a slice of cheese. Because that was the order. Right. So this, I what? thought that was really Wait, interesting. What? So do you know... Oh, okay. In the thing. Yeah in, yeah, in the film, when he takes her on the first date. And I thought this was really interesting. It reminded me of American Psycho. 
yeah. So you know how he's really specific about things when he says, oh, I chose apple pie with a slice of cheese because I thought it was a good order. But then she had a bowl of fruit and she could have had anything. And I was like, <laughs> that was the first. And that was when you're like, you're like hmm, that's oh, a bit that's, Why, why a bit would he care? Who weird, cares? Yeah. yeah. So that reminded me of American Psycho, you know, like, because you're a psychopath, you're going to like focus on this shit thinking you're normal. Yeah. You're going to like really go, I chose orange squash, you've got orange squash in front of me in order to show that no one thinks about that yeah. do they psychopaths do yeah this was based really on trader's life though because he had a mental breakdown when he was in los angeles did you try to kill someone no but he tried uh to uh kill himself Jeez. yeah um he didn't have any friends he was re- rejected by his girlfriend he didn't talk to anyone he would go to porno theaters as well and the reason he wrote and this is kind of disgusting the reason he wrote in Jodie Foster's character was because he accidentally picked up an underage prostitute. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So he had a very, very difficult life. But made for good writing. <laughs> made for great writing. Great writing. So. <laughs> and talking about cunts, Martin Scorsese got drunk. So that last, the final shootout scene, because he was so violent, they were like, we're gonna, we need to cut it. So he was so drunk. He got himself drunk, loaded up his gun because he was going to go and shoot. <laughs> The executive. Actually. <laughs> Actually, right? <laughs> At the MP, AAP, whatever, you know, the censorship board, geez. right? And then instead of doing that, he went, Actually, I can just dilute the colours. <laughs> <laughs> That's easier than murder. That would get me in less trouble. <laughs> I just love the film that, like, the making of this film was, like, so violent and, like, yeah. dumb by unstable people. But there are some absolute classic scenes in this. Mm. Obviously, so. I think the scene where he's buying the guns mm. is brilliant. Where he talks him through it all. So you know the guy that's a seller? Yeah. He starts improvising, you know. Yeah, really? Yeah. So you know after... Did he know a lot about guns? No, that was in the script about the guns, right? Yeah. But you know when he said, um, oh, do you need anything else? So that was completely off script and he starts improvising because he says, I can sell you crystal meth. You want some crystal meth? I've got a really good crystal yeah. meth. And he just goes on about crystal meth ages. <laughs> and obviously everyone knows that are you talking to me scene was brilliant improvised. Scene. And just that last, like that... Fr- picture and i'm definitely going to put it up as a like was it instagram pictures where he's sitting on the ground with his gun with their finger gun to his head is just sick it's so good because like he shaved his head into this mohawk yeah covered in blood that was just such a cool i think i got like goosebumps i was just like that's badass i liked what you said as well the fact that there's a lots of things in this film that aren't explained like why the fuck did he shave his head so do you know why why um, it was a thing so like the Mohican tribes mm. would do that before they went into battle and so that's ah. why he does it that's why he does it before he goes to kill the president because it's like him going to war going to battle because he's part of the Mohican um, tribe and then the th- the crosses on the bullets mm. so there are kinds of bullets called hollow points mm-hmm. do you remember these? so hollow points it's pretty nasty some good googling right Cameron? <laughs> no I, I knew this oh right <laughs> well obviously I had to like learn it from somewhere at some yeah. point um, hollow points mm-hmm. when they go into like your head or your body like split apart uh, so because if you just get shot with a regular bullet they can just come yeah, and take it out yeah yeah, it yeah yeah it's like bits in there and you're all messed up so he was so they were saying he was for the movie, he was making like homemade hollow points. So he was carving the Mate, tops into them so they would split. that's what they fucking do for homemade bombs. It doesn't work. Does it not work? No, it was a myth. Because his hollow points are like literally hollow at the tip. Yeah. So like they break apart like that. Yeah, but the idea of it. Yeah. But it was a cool scene to have that then because mm. you're like, geez, this guy definitely wants to kill people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean... <clears throat> 
you're gonna see a young man into literally battle, then they're gonna come back and then they're not gonna know what the fuck to do with their lives, yeah. right? And you're gonna say, bye, thanks for your service, see you later. No support. Shit like this is gonna happen, you know? They're, well, they're gonna start like they're gonna start killing desen- senators. I don't know. When you, I, I think he was an exception. Yeah. He wasn't like you're gonna be desensitized to certain yeah. things, and you you don't know how you're gonna, you're messed up. Like but you don't know you're messed like, up until you but know totally, you're messed like, up. Like if he had PTSD and yeah. he thought the only way to deal with things yeah. was like to kill people. Because people like he, you don't know that you're mental. No, you no. get you get told that, and obviously everyone knows that it's much easier to prove you're insane than sane because we all have our things. Yeah. Did you hear about the guy? It's a really famous case. I will text it to you later. It was about TED Talk. He was talking about it. This guy, he pleaded insanity in order to get off like a death row, right? But he did such a good job that he will never get out of the asylum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the risk. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, it's probably still better than, well, that's definitely better than death row. Mm, don't know. Like, think it's worse than death where he is now? Maybe after spending like 60 years in an asylum. Yeah, you read books. Do some push-ups. You have to do take medication, and you're around crazy people all the time. <laughs> I think I'd rather crazy die. people. I just did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. The different new <laughs> I did. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> all right. Well, what would you give? What would you give this I'd movie? I give this a B as well. I really oh, man, would. You're yeah. brutal. I give it an A. This is a great movie. I think it's good. I just think there were parts of it were a bit too slow for my liking. But I think I, I, know, I feel like it just built, it built up to it all. Like it all built. I like that. I think it was a steady. I did think that up. the climax, because this is made in the seventies, the climax was a little bit boring. Mm. <laughs> I was expecting it to be like, oh man, because it's rated R. Mm. I was like, man, this is going to be hardcore. But it's seventies. Anyway, it's the seventies, and there's like an underage prostitute and yeah. stuff, and so it was like, yeah, I was hoping it was going to be proper blood and guts shootout. She was twelve years old when she played that character. Yeah. yeah There's a lot I of controversy d- about it. Yeah, I know. I didn't realise that she was that young. I thought she was a bit older when she played it. Is this her first she, movie? No. So she, um she was in a she did ads and stuff when she was younger. So not really the, well, it's never classed. movies. No, so, but it, it well, was just never oh, yeah, yeah, oh, adult movies. So you know like she had cancelling before this to make sure that she was yeah, like ready surprised. for the role. But I was after. thinking like Natalie Portman in Leon because that was a really fucked up role, right? Yeah. You know, when she had to seduce him. I'm sure there'd be psych people on there. Yeah, but... I'm sure, I'm sure you'd be... I reckon dude, you'd find that there'd be... I was 15 when I knew what a prostitute was, right? Yeah. Now, she's not only having to play this character, like, her innocence is gone. Innocence. Yeah, but yeah. now she's a superstar, so... Yeah, I know, but... And she can be in V for Vendetta and still look pretty good. Who? Which one? Which Natalie one? Portman. Yeah, but I'm talking about Jodie Foster. Oh. I don't like Natalie Portman. I think she's I don't like Jodie Foster. I think... Have you seen Panic Room? That's pretty good. No. Do you know what it's about? Is it about Panic Room? She runs yeah, into a yeah. Panic Room. And then she the has to like... The kid has like diabetes. 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 And needs, and needs insulin. Have you seen Where the Millers? With Jennifer Aniston? Yes. You pretty have good. To. It's pretty so good. pretty. Oh my God. I laughed my head off. I liked it. You know when um, uh, Rob What's Offerman? His? Offerman? Nick Offerman. The other guy. The cop. You know when they realised, yeah, that he's a cop. He's in uh, Parks and Recs. You know his wife. Oh yeah. When she starts talking about how she changed from maxi pads to tampons. <laughs> I was like, that is what I'm going to be saying from now on. Well, that's, why I, that's why. I, that's why I said diabetes because that's from uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Di- he talks about having diabetes. Rickety cricket. Rickety cricket. Yes. <gasps> they ruined his life. So funny. He used to be a vicar, a man of the cloth, and they turned him into a rickety junkie. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's the best show. Right, what are we doing next week? So, 
So idea. exciting. We have... Uh, oh, we've done the gradings for this one, haven't we? Next week, we have an international guest on the show. Ooh. One of our friends over at Movie Mayhem Podcast is going to... We're going to Skype him um, and we're going to discuss movies. Obviously, this is a movie podcast too. Very cleverly, they put it in the name. Really? <laughs> Not <laughs> like really, us. <laughs> I, uh, I've been like going through Twitter and Instagram. I'm like... It's like the movie boys, uh, mad movie reviews, flicks, popcorn. I'm like, should have put it in our name. Should have put something. We have podcast or movie in our name. So when someone searches movie podcast, <laughs> guess what won't come up? These guys. Yeah. <laughs> but once we get big enough. Yeah. I mean, fun. obviously with you guys promoting us and telling everyone ever to listen yeah. to us. So I have a, I have a uh, comment I had about our last episode so uh, Anthony who recommended the movie said that he thought the podcast was funnier than the movies (laughs) (laughs) by the way Anthony if you are listening I feel like I'm a radio person right now Anthony if you are listening right now um, I watched that film twice back to back because he was hilarious yeah I think I I think I might have put an Instagram post but yeah and Shana, I, I thought it was to, so good yeah. that she watched it again, and, and I've I've been I've been recommending to everybody. But my sister came the next day, and I was gonna watch it with them again. Wow! Literally, and then she said, "Oh, I don't think the kids are gonna like it because they're like one's ten and the other one's like four. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay, fair enough." Um, but I just want to watch it again. I'm gonna watch. I it was again. thinking like finding quotes for like quotes for the Instagram posts. It's so funny because it's it's like a stand up. It's like a stand up routine. It is proper setups and punchlines mm. and they're kind of like puns but they're also quite clever like, and it's a delivery yeah. it's his flipping delivery with now yeah. <laughs> with he's a wizard man he's brilliant absolutely brilliant so this week we're going to have Brian from Movie Mayhem Podcast coming on to talk about movies and I was messaging him and I said what would you like to talk about mm. and he asked mm. if I'd ever seen Little Shop of Horrors yes have you seen it yes have you yes I love um, it I love it so much I haven't seen it, so I'm really excited because I know it's uh, Rick Moranis, isn't it? Yeah, he is brilliant. And like he's, he's singing. awesome, man, because mm. he's just a funny dude. Now this film, a lot of people aren't very keen on it, but I'm just like, it's a. I, I see it as like a classic yeah. sort of comedy musical sort of thing. Yeah. So we're going to do musicals. Yeah. Cool. So next week we're going to be watching Blues Brothers, and we're going to be watching Little Shop of Horrors. Um, oh, it's first time for both of us. So first yeah. time, rock um, shop. Yep. I'm f- Brothers for me. I'm, I'm, I'm just busy losing my words now. As always, we would really like it if you watch the movies that we were watching. If there are any other musicals you would have picked, like Sweeney Todd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just before, just before I keep doing it. this, what? what other live action musicals are there that are really good? Do you know what? Actually, I've got a story about Sweeney Todd. <laughs> I went and saw it when I was... I must have been in high school or college or something. Go on. And I went along. Someone said, oh, do you want to go see this movie? It's about... Johnny Depp but uh, it's when Johnny Depp was still like he wasn't insane mm. and he's like a, he's like this barber and he kills people it's like it's really cool I'm like oh sounds- is that from that old you were in school when you watched it pretty sure um, and I went along and he wasn't insane by the <laughs> I went along yeah. and the first scene started mm. and they started singing and I was like oh shit is this a musical I turned to the person next to me I said is this a musical they're like yeah of course it is I'm like ah oh, damn it <laughs> I but feel like I'd it. been tricked I feel like I, they'd like got me Duh, you guys. Dream Girls is a musical. It was fine. I what? hated that. Dream Girls with Beyonce. Oh yeah, that was shit. Have um, you seen? Have you seen Empire Records? 
You mean Empire, the TV show? No, that's not no. what I mean oh. then. Maybe it is. Empire, yeah. Cadillac Cadillac Records? No. With uh, the guy and he, he plays Muddy Waters, you know, the blues singer? No. Oh, it's really good. Oh, okay. Really, really good. So this guy, Muddy Waters, was like the first guy that kind of... He made it really big playing electric guitar. Mm. He was a famous blues musician. He was playing electric guitar and people just went nuts. The Rolling Stones like base themselves on him mm, cool um, guys also if you have like comments about certain sections of our podcast like anthony did just give us a shout yeah you let know, us know let us know you know as you can see we've just done a whole episode how long has this been going for for ages man it's because you were tuning up for ages though as well sorry so, so like we've done like we've literally done an hour about movies that a, a, a fan has picked for us yeah so pick movies if you want us to, if you're enjoying hearing us talk about this stuff. And we and also love more. watching really shit films. Really, really but shit films. But these were both really good films. No, I'm talking about like films like The Room and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But like anything if anything you you're like, oh, I wonder what film? they would say about it. Yeah. Really good films, really bad films, whatever. I'll even watch a rom com. I mean, even. You love rom coms. No, I don't. Scott does. Um it's and keep secret. an eye out in the next few weeks for some little bonus. Little bonus mini, bits. Little bonus bits. Let's call them bonus bits. Bonus I like bits, that. yeah. Little bonus bits that are going to be coming your way. Cool. So we're on everything. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on YouTube, the Homework Club Pod. Our email is homeworkclubpod at gmail.com as well. You said plod. plod. <laughs> <laughs> they know. They know. That's it, really. Thank you for Th- everything. Thank you for Thanks, everything. Thanks, John. Hope you enjoyed it. Oh, better yes. Li- thank you, John. Yes. You better listen to it. Yes. Bye. Bye.